what are some of the oddest things that you found to be sold out? My son needs a haircut is the short of it. And uh, you cannot buy haircut scissors on Amazon because everybody's trying to give haircuts at home, I guess. You need a Floby. I thought about that. I honestly did. I showed the video and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. Before the Floby, only a skilled professional could produce a good layered haircut. Tens of thousands have been sold to satisfied customers. Why? Because it really works. Proper suction is the key to getting great looking haircuts with no cleanup. This ingenious device lets you give yourself and family perfect haircuts every time. Tens of thousands have been sold to satisfied customers. Why? Because it really works. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into digital tools, solutions, and strategies that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information with you and have fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to episode number 167 of Touchpoint. I am Reed. That is Chris. Hey, Reed. I'm excited that we're recording in front of a live Zoom audience today. Yeah, I was going to say we were recording live, but we always record live, I guess. (laughs) For those of you who are listening in, we actually are recording this live on Zoom. Hi to all of people listening in right now, and we'll, we'll mention you by name later on in the episode. We do appreciate the support. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you happen to be listening over on Apple Podcasts, streaming on Spotify, or otherwise. 167 episodes in. We're actually going to talk about digital advertising today, but before we get too far into that, just a quick plug for the website, touchpoint.health. The weekly email, the TPS report, if you haven't signed up for that, please do. That's some curated news from our show hosts from around the network. And I would recommend several of the new episodes that are out. If you haven't had a chance, the exam room, Dr. Brian Vardavidian's put out several very topical and timely episodes that you may want to check out. So before we jump into the show today, let's pause real quick and we will uh, be right back. Chris, in today's digital age, your online reputation, as we all know, is crucial. With customers relying on online reviews, your first impression is also compared directly with your competitors. Sure is. And Reed, consider this. 86% of patients today read online reviews and 73% demand that that healthcare provider has a minimum four-star rating. Demand. They demand it. Yeah, they do. Well, to stand out, choose Reputation to help amplify your brand and to build trust. Be the provider of choice in your area, understand patient sentiment, get actionable insights, and even foster patient loyalty. And look, here's the easy way you could do that. All you need to do is go visit reputation.com slash touchpoint. That's reputation.com slash touchpoint, where you can download their healthcare online reputation management guide and build a reputation that performs for you. We've talked about digital advertising probably, I don't know, 150 of the 167 episodes at this point. (laughs) Something like that. 
But we, we want to talk uh, how it relates to kind of the day and age and kind of where we are currently and where we're going, maybe moving forward. Obviously, Chris, we've seen digital advertising trend and change quite a bit over the years. Uh, but even just over the last, I don't know, five to 10 years, it's changed quite a bit in and of health systems that we work with. There's different types of digital advertising and social media advertising is part of that. And it's, that's really come into its own recently. And there's they're always introducing new types of online advertising. I thought it would be good before we get into like how it's changing is talk about looking back a little bit and how we've traditionally used digital advertising for hospitals and health systems. Because as we were thinking about this, it certainly follows sort of a familiar format as we go through each different type of ad type. Yeah, I mean, we bucket these as an industry uh, in our minds, you know, whatever. But we, we think about these, I guess, in a couple different ways. And not that these aren't currently things we do. We've thought of them kind of segmented in this way. So the first one, Pay-per-click, you know, traditionally we're thinking Google in this in this scenario, but it could be other search engines and things like that. We primarily used this for acquisition, appointments, getting people to call numbers, download things, you know, some action-oriented call to action where we know people are searching and this is an easy way to put some messaging in front of them, right? When you think about pay-per-click, a lot of times it's kind of relegated to that point in the customer journey where they're making those decisions. They're using those keywords that are going to trigger them to call some kind of action, right? Go to your website to make an appointment or to do a virtual virtual call or whatever it might be. That's really where traditionally pay-per-click has been sort of right at that, at that point. And that's why it's used a lot for service line type of advertising. But then read as we start to think about like display ads and web banner ads and video ads, even connected TV ads, those kind of traditionally fall in a different part of the overall kind of marketing journey or the marketing mix, so to speak. It's funny as I think about things like like display specifically, varying degrees of success, I guess, over the years. And I think you've even got here in some of our nose, low click-through rates. Is that something you're still seeing a fair amount of people invest in? Typically, it's part of like sort of a mixed bag. Like if you're if you're doing some kind of traditional advertising and you have TV spots or you have some video spots, or even if you're doing broadcast type of tactics where you have ads, typically display ads online tend to mirror that. Now, that's not to say that that's the only use case. Of course, I've seen display ads used in similar ways with pay-per-click. But what we found is traditionally, again, we're talking traditionally, they're more in this model of like supporting branding and awareness kind of activities, not necessarily driving action. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, you know, it's it's your online billboard. There is probably a use case for them still. And I see them used quite a bit, quite honestly, and, and I think to varying degrees. But if you have a, a branding or awareness campaign, it's probably still uh, something worth considering, certainly. Next kind of on the, on the docket, uh, paid social. You know, I don't even know when paid social start. Probably somewhere around 2010, 2012-ish. I don't know, something like that maybe. But again, kind of two sides of the same coin with, with PPC, kind of a push and pull, right? You're, you know, you're putting content in front of people that are not necessarily looking for it, which is the opposite of PPC. Whether you're boosting content, probably not as much boosting content, but running paid campaigns, I do think with some targeting lookalike audiences, things like that have been uh, successful through the years. Yeah, like kind of audience acquisition or reaching better different types of audiences. We also do video ads, right? Video views, sponsoring to try to get people to watch some video. That's kind of more like a 
display ad and social media. That's that's done quite a bit. But really, you know, if you think about social media advertising, it's it's it tends to be within that social media ecosystem. Things to either drive more likes to your to your page. I've seen it also where you try to drive links through to maybe your your blogs, helping support content marketing, but not necessarily a lot of patient acquisition. In fact, there used to be even a couple of years ago, we were saying, you know, you don't use social advertising to drive appointments. That's not why people go to Facebook. Maybe that's changing a little bit, but in generally, that's what that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, I think you can still get some action specifically out of Facebook. I, you know, you get into Instagram and Twitter, probably not as much. You know, people are willing to take a health risk assessment or click through to something from Facebook. They're willing to leave Facebook and go do something else. I can't ever get anybody to leave Instagram. They'll, they'll engage there. I mean, they'll, they'll like things, comment, stuff like that. But I'm not seeing... I'm not seeing anybody leave Instagram. I think it kind of depends a little bit on what platform even. There's some nuances there. And then there's this whole category of what we call like programmatic affiliated marketing kind of activity. And that you can even get into things like where you're doing paid content. And a lot of that is used as part of like journeys, marketing automation journeys, you know, trying to build those relationships, maybe even using advertising to nurture through that journey. And again, there's a, there's a, it's not necessarily that these are categorized strictly against these lines, but in general, what we're seeing is that kind of has happened. Well, let's look at kind of what we've seen change and and most uh, specifically what we've seen change during this, uh, you know, the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, timeframe, timeline. So one of the first things is we're going to look at a, a survey that was done by Captify, Captify Impact Study. What this survey is it actually was designed uh, to look at, you know, how the coronavirus has been impacting how consumers search and use information online. Now, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's actually a PDF that you can download. One thing is clear, as this pandemic started to hit America and the United States, search patterns have distinctly changed. And one of the first things that they saw is obviously consumers were starting to search around coronavirus at an increase of, get this, this is a crazy number. 11,434% increase in coronavirus-related searches since the start of January till the time the survey came out, which is in the middle of March. That's an awful lot. I'm, I'm surprised it's not just like an infinite number. Like, I don't even exactly. know how, you, how do you get to the 11,000? Anyway, I like also in this infograph, the Zones of Concern. Is that, isn't that a Steven Seagal movie, Zones of Concern? <laughs> But it talks about, you know, going through some of the top territories and how, you know, over 100 countries, you know, had already been affected by coronavirus. So I guess there was some baseline for for search based on that. But in any case. And there's a lot of different things that people are searching on. But what they did is they actually did an analysis through the what they call through the lens of the consumer, which is also another movie. I'm not sure that's a Steven Seagal movie. That sounds like a Wes Anderson movie. But um, the lens of the consumer, where they were looking at shopping patterns of millennials and Generation Z, etc. What they found is that people were searching differently depending on what generation you're in. And no big surprise, what do you think the millennials were searching for? streaming services like Netflix, Roku, HBO, that sort of thing. But then they went into other segmentations. They have this category called family shoppers. Those are people that started to look for healthcare and household goods. I would assume that that's people like our age that have families. You would think so. Yeah. I mean, people that are utilizing the healthcare system, obviously buying a lot of household goods because they've got some of the top brands here like Charmin, 3M, et cetera. Charmin. 
That's a healthcare product. Yeah, it is. Uh, another segment in here they talked about is is uh, uh, commuters looking for home delivery. Uh, so again, Amazon, which I, you know, Amazon, I'm sure was probably fairly high up the up the charts anyway uh, before all this. But other things you're seeing on here, UPS, Domino's, etc. Business people is also another interesting one talking about exercise and wellness. City dwellers uh, looking at travel. Are, are they just? Is it just hopeful thinking? Or maybe they're trying to get out of the city. Like the mass outflux of people from New York. Now that's we're making light of a very serious situation, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's really interesting that they were looking for travel brands in the month of March. I certainly was looking for my airline company to figure out how I can, you know, cancel and reschedule my flights. There's a lot of other stuff in here. It's kind of an interesting thing, but I want to kind of go down a little bit in this article. One of the things that that they were talking about in terms of people searching is it's not necessarily related directly to healthcare, but it it can be related to the sort of the behavior. Obviously, they started to think about the stay-at-home economy, and they actually categorized a whole section here where people are looking now for at-home entertainment and delivery, increases in subscriptions, increases in food and home delivery, increases in streaming. It's no surprise that as we look at what's happening with the pandemic, that there's also been a big increase in telemedicine services, because that certainly will start to bring hospitals and healthcare into your home. That's a natural trend that we probably want to keep track of. What is your other kind of takeaway from this? I mean, I think there, there's obviously, you know, as we think about the way people are, are searching currently, it, it's not a huge stretch. As you start looking at some of the big brands that are showing in here, like Purell, Lysol, et cetera. Funny to me that Guinness is that high. I, I don't know. I, that seems very specific. But anyway, I, you know, the stay-at-home economy is interesting, right? And so, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think um, telemedicine and and where we have found ourselves is going to stay top of mind. And I'm not sure that there's really any going back at this point. I think we've asked for this for a long time and uh, it's here now. And so here we are. This study actually came up with some marketing takeaways. They said tips for marketing is about how to shift kind of your communications and your advertising. And really, that's the big thing here that you want to think about is how does advertising shift? Because as search patterns shift, we in hospitals, health systems, we have to start thinking about how our advertising will shift. And so why don't we do this, Reed? Why don't we take a break here for a message? And then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about how advertising is shifting based on all of the changes in the way people are using the internet. So before the break, read, we were talking about how consumer search patterns have shifted online. Naturally, the extension for that, and really the topic du jour, the topic that we're going to be talking about today, is around how digital advertising is changing in this age of coronavirus. We first start with an article that we found that's on uh, actually a, a website called A-List Daily, and it's called Digital Advertising in the Age of uh, the coronavirus. It's my favorite site, alistdaily.com. <laughs> There's a couple of interesting points, and one of them is uh, that the virus is showing how our buyer behavior has been fundamentally affected by the web. So it's it's leveling some of marketing's long-held, what they call orthodoxies in the process. That's an interesting thought that I, I don't guess I really paid much attention to. Well, if you think about it, Reed, you know, and it's kind of a little bit related to the episode we did last week where we were talking about consumer 
behavior is changing. And they even say here, right, that the we're seeing people hunker down. I like that image, hunkering down. Hunker down. Figuring out what we need to do and reassessing our priorities. And for the first time, things like entertainment and connectivity are being held up as basic needs. We're sheltering in place. This is unlike... Uh, you know, when you're in World War II and you were faced to like kind of ration your your food and maybe your use of metals, et cetera, and recycling and all that, what we're trying to do is we're trying to over-entertain ourselves at home. That's probably also why we're drinking a lot of alcohol much more than normal. More than normal? Well, present company excluded. I'm, I'm assuming that's true. They're talking here, though, about, you know, the marketers need to adapt and adapt quickly. Uh, it's going to be important for marketers to remain engaged with their audiences, but also shift those messages, which, again, we've seen, you know, most hospitals go dark. I say most. And I don't know that dark is really fair either. I'm sure there's some some stuff running still. But for the most part, everybody's pulled back paid messaging and, and, and those types of things. Again, much like the telemedicine side and the delivery of care side, I'm not sure we can necessarily just go back to, to what we were doing. And that's what they're talking about is here is this, this shift uh, you know, from this narrative of how do we sell more things to at this point in time, how do we support consumers, all the stakeholders, employees, et cetera. It needs to be simple, factual, you know, that type thing. And now if we think about that, you know, we've been talking a lot about like consumer packaged goods and retail and things like that. But as it comes into hospitals and health systems, what we promote is health related things. And a lot of times, obviously, we hear that we're going dark on elective procedures. So many health systems I'm hearing, they're actually shutting down those types of service lines. They're just turning off those ads directly because they're just not doing elective procedures right now. And that's a big part of their digital advertising buy. There's other things that are occurring that can actually impact what we want to communicate or even advertise by. I noticed this right, maybe it was in early March, maybe. I saw, I, I actually saw on LinkedIn, Chris Pace, a friend of our show, he actually posted that Google was preventing him from purchasing keywords, certain keywords that he was using to drive people to important services around screening, coronavirus, et cetera. Google made some significant changes to their advertising platform. That's an interesting one, right? Because again, as Google, uh, you want to limit the chance somebody's going to hijack something for for profit, a lot like this. But then on the flip side, it's like, well, but we have people that have the right information, so shouldn't we you know, allow them to, to bid against these keywords so people can find the right information at the right time. It was an interesting dynamic. And Search Engine Land, which is a favorite website of ours where we could find information, they actually address one of the policies that Google has created where they are trying to remove people from taking advantage of this public health emergency. Uh, they changed language in its, in its ad policy around it. The new language actually adds the mention of public health emergency and content that potentially capitalizes on or lacks reasonable sensitivity towards a natural disaster, conflict, death, public health emergency, or other tragic event is now verboten, basically. You cannot use it. Verboten? Verboten. Yeah, that's German. Sorry. That means forbidden. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What, what is that in Mississippi ease? How, how do I say that? Ain't allowed. So that's interesting, right? And, you know, moving on to, you know, kind of one of, uh, one of these other articles here, which I think this is fascinating. Um, Variety.com posted this, but uh, Facebook slash Google could lose over $44 billion in ad revenue because of wow. coronavirus. That's with a B. 
Uh, that's a lot of money. Well, I mean, for them, maybe that's not a big thing. But what's interesting, um, f- a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we're referencing a Variety.com article. I think that's the first time we've ever done that in the show. Clearly. The other thing is, is that they kind of go through and they actually break down the revenue that's potentially going to be lost by these platforms because of the overall pandemic. Now, not all of this ad revenue is, can be attributed to the loss from healthcare. I don't think healthcare spends $44 billion in ad revenue in 2020. I don't think that that's right. But they actually say that Google's total net revenue is projected to be about $127.5 billion, which is down... $28.6 billion over the previous year. Ouch. Yeah, that's almost 20%. Facebook, they say, uh, coming in are just shy of 67.8 billion, which is a drop off of about 15 and a half, or, or again, about 20% versus the prior. Again, that's a lot of money and a big percentage point. But think about this too, Reed, is Facebook's total usage has increased, but advertising is going down. They actually, in this article, they say they estimate that Twitter's advertising revenue is going to drop 18% over the next year. They even reference Snap, Snapchat's oh advertising revenue. <laughs> That'll drop about 30% over the previous year. But meanwhile, Amazon's ad business is generally less exposed in the downturn because it's a ad platform within itself to help promote mm-hmm products within its own platform. Now that is the advertising business model we need to get into where you have to advertise to promote your products higher on our own website. Well, uh, good news. Facebook and Google are still going to make billions, so they should be fine. Uh, but still, that's that's a that's a chunk of change for anybody. But they do they talk about you know these digital platforms are are going to feel the pain the soonest, uh, right? Because of of the way that they're set up, you know, versus mediums like television, I guess, or connected TV, Hulu, and right. I think that that might be a, a place, but that's an interesting shift in the dynamic because we in health systems at hospitals, we've been really working really hard to build up a robust digital or advertising strategy that can kind of help promote what we're doing. So why does that mean for us? Where is our advertising spend going to shift to? I mentioned before, right, that I hear a lot of hospitals are kind of pulling out, going out of the market entirely on their elective ad spend. I think some of that may be overinflated a little bit just because I'm not sure you, that they can get entirely out of some of these contracts. If we're talking about advertising as a whole, so outdoor boards, et cetera, you know, we're not taking them down necessarily. I think the digital piece, to your point, is getting ratcheted back quite a bit or put on hold or paused or whatever you want to call it, which is why we're seeing those decreases in Google and Facebook for, that we talked about a second ago. I think within the next month, we'll start seeing those come back, but I think it's going to be based on what, you know, is it, is it around virtual visits, telehealth type messaging? That's exactly right. That we're going to be moving, pivoting more towards more of these accessibility, like digital telemedicine, et cetera. But I also think about like in competitive markets where you have multiple health systems, what happens there? Because there's a, there's also a fair amount of that branding and advertising. Is it going to shift more about image kind of related advertising to say, we're, we're here to support you. And how does that fly in the face of, you know, many of these hospital systems are now facing dramatic challenges to their bottom line where they're even furloughing non-essential staff, is it smart for them to still be in the market? You know, should they be going dark? These are big questions, big, important questions to have. 
And particularly when you layer that into the historical way that we've been using advertising, it seems to me like that whole concept of digital advertising is, is going to be up in flux. I'm interested to see where we're going to go. I'm interested to see you know, how hospitals and health systems are going to kind of evolve their advertising to align with their core messaging, their core value, and what they're actually doing, which in many cases is fighting the battle on the front line. Quite honestly, in these highly competitive markets, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those dollars even increase because I, I think you're going to have to compete against everybody from an acquisition. You know, we're, we're, all of a sudden we're going to be reacquiring patients. You know, especially if you if you move out of the acute care setting and look at post acute, you look at uh, physician offices and some of those types of things. Currently, they're not doing anything. They're shut down. Doctors are not working, et cetera, potentially. And all of a sudden, someday, like they're going to have to start reacquiring. They're going to start marketing and getting people in the nursing home and, and things like that. And so, you know, we've got to, you know, kind of re-jumpstart, you know, some of those efforts. And I think everybody's going to be doing it and it's going to drive that cost up to some degree. It's also time for us to kind of rethink the way we do our advertising. Maybe paid search is not necessarily only good for patient acquisition. Maybe as all the things we talked about historically, like we were doing advertising, it's, it's a way for us to kind of shift what we need to do now. We're not building a less complex model. I mean, if anything, coronavirus has made it so that we have now multiple other touch points and some that we actually prefer over others. Do we now start to use advertising to kind of shift behavioral patterns to have them consume telehealth situations or maybe health risk assessments or chatbots that kind of help navigate through? Is it time now for us to shift the way we actually message our advertising and, and what the role is? And Reed, I'm not just saying what ifs, I actually am teeing up an interview that we're going to be tossing to right after this break coming up, where we're actually talking to Michael Rabadou, who works with True North Custom. Now, Michael and I actually worked together at the last health system I was at. I brought him in to help kind of steer our whole digital advertising platform to a whole nother level. And he's got some interesting perspectives and thoughts around how you can shift your digital advertising and the role it plays in your overall branding, marketing, awareness, even now in the pandemic. Why don't we uh, listen to what he has to say right after this break? Welcome back to the Ask the Expert section of the podcast. And today I am joined by someone that I actually know very well. Uh, and I actually hired you in the past. And I really had the privilege of working with you. And that is Michael Rabadou. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it has been a long time. It seems that way, right? I knew the minute I met you that you and I would have a lot of synergies in the way we think. But um, I'm talking a lot about you and your background. Why don't you tell our audience and our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are, where you come from, and what you do? Definitely. So I'm a, currently a senior digital strategist for True North Custom. We're based out of Tennessee, but obviously we work with healthcare organizations across the country right now. Previous to that, I've been doing digital advertising across all genres, so across all platforms, all mediums, all brands for almost 12 years now. Started in law firms, in all honesty, which is kind of a, a fun transition I'm finding to healthcare, but then moved into the, your standard digital agency roles, helping everybody from your standard e-commerce clients like MyPillow to general brands, 
HVAC companies. There's almost nothing I haven't seen. So it's kind of fun. You and I were had the privilege of working together at a health system, and you were part of our team. And uh, together, you know, I've really come to appreciate the depth of expertise that you have, not only in in advertising, but also leveraging you know the various different platforms to connect with people in the right ways, be it organically and paid. Today, though, we're, I'd, I'd like for us to talk a little bit about digital advertising, which is getting kind of a knock right now because of the current situation we're in. We see a lot of hospitals and health systems really carefully considering what they should be doing with their digital advertising spend. Are you seeing that also with some of the people that you're working with? Yeah, across the board. You're, you're seeing more and more people who they're almost getting gun shy to a point like everyone's sitting here looking at going, well, we can't bring in new patients right now. Everything is on hold or we can't do anything. We don't want to offend people by talking about our services. And it, it's kind of that, in all honesty, it's a backward thought process now. Everybody has got this idea of they don't want to offend people by advertising, but they're not realizing there's other avenues that we can advertise and there's other ways that we can help through advertising. When you're talking some of the, the healthcare facilities that we work with right now, it's becoming an industry leader. Everybody is so desperate for real, true information right now. We're in a period that none of us have ever seen before. We've never seen this idea and these challenges that we're going against right now. And on a day-by-day basis, if you look at search, if you look at social, this is the content everybody wants to know. They want to know COVID-19. They want to know coronavirus. They want to know what's going on, what's real, what's not. At the same point, they also want to know, hey, how can I help take care of myself from my everyday things? Let's focus in on the the coronavirus, the COVID-19 information. I know that, you know, once this pandemic really hit hard in in the in the United States and quite frankly across the world, Google and Facebook, they looked at their advertising approaches and they made some adjustments to prevent people from taking advantage of that. In all honesty, they almost went a little too far at points too. I think we all have seen what happens and what can be done in social media advertising and paid media advertising just off of the last couple of elections. And no matter who did what or however that goes, there are ways that you can affect the market, that you can affect people through digital advertising. And Facebook and Google really wanted to, especially in Instagram and all those, they wanted to make sure they didn't have a similar problem as they did during the last elections. So they went very heavy at blocking and stopping and saying, okay, you're not going to do this. We're not going to allow advertising based off of this. For a while there, they were blocking legitimate companies that were trying to put out valuable information or trying to get people to make a shift and go to online healthcare platforms. Guiding them back to our um, authoritative sources, our local health systems about information about how to respond to the crisis. And and recently, there was a study that was done by NRC just within the last couple of weeks where they asked people who they consider the most trusted authoritative source for healthcare information. Now, obviously, like Dr. Fauci and national healthcare leaders were at the top, but second most were health systems. Not having the advantage of using digital advertising to kind of guide people to those platforms probably set set a lot of health systems back a little bit because, you know, suddenly then we're all in the level playing field of SEO. And that's a, that's a difficult situation. It's an almost impossible situation. And even right now, more than ever, it's, it's become even more impossible. You can't search 
anything COVID-19, coronavirus, without Google basically owning on its own those top spots. Google has rewrote their platform strictly for this, for this pandemic right now. They've, they've taken control over all of that. And so that becomes even more valuable to finding different ways to get that content out there to help educate your audience, to help them without just doing SEO. This goes back to the whole Google owning that knowledge graph, right? And trying yep. to keep control of that information, zero click searches, which we've been talking about for a while now. And that does become a bit of a dilemma, particularly because a lot of times when people are searching, they're local, they're searching for local solutions. They, I mean, they, of course, when you're looking for what is coronavirus, et cetera, that's, that's a different type of search. But what if they're searching for what, you know, I have coronavirus symptoms. What do I do here in my community? Google has a, a great toy. I've shown it. You and I have discussed it before called Google Trends, where you can see what are, what are people commonly searching. And this isn't a advertising platform. This isn't a, like, you have to pay for this. Anybody can search for Google Trends and look at what are what's getting done on a day-by-day basis. What most people aren't seeing is it isn't national. It is absolutely how many cases of coronavirus are there in Coon Rapids, Minnesota? Where can I go if I live in St. Joseph, Missouri? And how do I find that local information? Now, you say that at the beginning, they kind of overreacted. Maybe they did a far reach, right? Both Google and, and Facebook did some changes, too, in this regard. Facebook did, too. Oh, yeah. So have they? Have you seen them kind of come back a little bit now? And, and are health systems now able to start to uh, use paid uh, to direct people to the right places? Yeah, they, they've definitely come back. There, there's always going to be a little bit of that fear. And you see just in the day-by-day workings of when you're running these ads, one thing that's very new for anyone like myself, I'm used to the idea of you build a campaign, you put an ad out, Facebook or Google is usually going to have that ad approved in 10 to 15 minutes. Well, just like all of most all of us right now, Google and Facebook is working from their home offices. If you get a hold of a Google support specialist, they're actually probably talking to us just like you and I are from our home office. So those delays have happened. So you're, you're seeing little changes in that, but the actual idea of getting this information out, no, especially from the healthcare providers like Facebook, they love it. They want it. They want that consumption. You're seeing engagement. You're seeing impressions go up much easier than they typically would. Because there's so much demand for it, and Facebook wants that quality information out. I think that everybody really wants that local quality information, you know, that, yeah. that, that authoritative quality information to be available. It's just so hard sometimes when you're talking about a landscape on digital where there's the organic side of it, right, which is a sort of a longer term play. And then there's the advertising side, which there's mystique, there's confusion, there's also nuances that you have to take. I think it all comes down to we've been so ingrained in advertising for the last umpteen years of I need an ROI. If I'm going to spend a dollar, I need to know what that dollar is going to get me back. And we're in an interesting situation where there isn't a dollar value back yet. We're not going to have that. But what we have is we have a unique opportunity to start building more brand loyalty. Let's be honest. Most people don't know a primary care. They're a primary care doctor anymore if they even have a specific primary care doctor. But they might have a facility. They might have a clinic. They might have that general thought, and that's where we can start really building back up 
and letting them have that support and that trust in us. So let's talk about that because that's the shift to the other types of digital advertising. Building that trust, right? How, how do you see the application of, of online advertising as being a support of that? I mean, we, we all talk about like trust building and even brand building, and we don't think about that typically as digital advertising or Google paid search or anything like that. How do you see that shifting? In a couple different ways. One of the big one right now is and it, it's not understood and it's, it's always been kind of one of those full pause for the longest time is everything in the market right now, everything on the media, everything is can tend to be so down and negative. And if you can do it creative and if you can really look, there's so many different ways that we can actually start to find joy in this crisis. There's so many incredible stories within the healthcare platforms of what these nurses and doctors and everybody on the front line are going through that we can start advertising around that and we can start, and I I use the advertising term broadly, but this can be in just organic content. This can just be in informing the community of what's going on. It's kind of going away from the bottom funnel and starting to push back towards that top funnel. It's, It's hitting the reset button on advertising right now. Well, I know that's that's a really big uh, perspective that you have that's that kind of opened my eyes when I was working with you is that digital advertising plays across the entire funnel. And I know that a lot of hospitals and health systems always focus on bottom of the funnel kind of activity, particularly around paid search. Um, so you're saying now that you can use uh, digital advertising and you know all the different flavors of that, as well as the organic content to really kind of nurture that awareness and, and, and the brand? 100%. There's so many new opportunities to educate and inform and teach. We we think about the idea of like right now there's basically across the country, there's no elective surgeries going on. Nobody can do anything with that. Just because we can't do it doesn't mean people aren't searching for it. It doesn't mean people have stopped the demand of wanting to know. Since everything's been going on, I've been walking on a daily basis with my family. We're doing two to three miles a day. Well, man... I know I'm getting older, whether I want to admit it or not, but my knee's starting to kill me. Now, am I going to be able to get my knee taken care of? No, but that doesn't mean I'm stopping to look for that information. That doesn't mean I'm not desperately trying to learn and grow and figure out, hey, in two months, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And how should I be now, right? That, like you mentioned, it was like the education information. You know, I'm not saying that you require knee surgery, but with knee pain, there are different ways that you can possibly, you know, address that. So you can, so you're saying you can start to build digital ad campaigns that support maybe your orthopedic service line, but focus it more on ways to maintain health at home. Is that kind of what you're we're exactly. going Exactly. There's a, a local organization here in the Twin Cities that I will follow and watch. And I've, I've, had them do work for me before. Their content, it, it's a, it's incredible to watch the content shift, but you're seeing these shifts of, instead of talking about coming in, it's, well, how do I take care of myself until I'm ready to come in? You can't come in right now. So if I've got a bad knee, what are things I can do at home? What are daily stretches that I can do to prepare myself and to try to stop things? What are things that I can change in my diet? You know, it's building that industry leader, that brand knowledge. That's a really good point. And I think that some people may think about that and say, well, that's something we t- typically don't put ad spend behind, right? That sounds to me more like once you get them into, let's say, uh, a marketing automation list, then you can kind of nurture them using that type of content. Exactly. But in your case, you're saying you can lead with this, right? maybe even guide them to some of this re- rich 
you know, content that you have created to support that. You have to ask yourself, and this even outside of the healthcare realm as a whole, is digital advertising stopping? Is because I can't do something, is, is it stopping? Is my competitor stopping advertising? No, they're not. They're, they're still out there. They're still advertising. Are they able to gain patients like you? Nope. Neither of you can, but they're not stopping advertising. They're not stopping building their brand and letting people know about their brand. And that's the most important thing. The world hasn't come to an end. We have to stay front and center. We still have to provide that information. So by putting that top of funnel information out there, you know, it, it's almost like a pivot to the new patient acquisition, if you will. We're not looking directly for the clients per se right off the bat. We're looking for building that loyalty and building that impression and getting them to remember us so that in two months, they're our clients. You're answering the questions that many of them are are facing. And I think that that's the critical part here. The role of digital advertising and what I'm hearing from you is that you can now start to use digital advertising as ways to answer those questions and do it in a way where it's very prominent and top of the search results where they don't have to dig through what CNN and you know WebMD and other people have put up. It's almost a new form of telehealth for elective, if you will. It's that whole new idea of helping to treat and helping to inform. And I mean, telehealth, the other one that is still getting so missed, it's the greatest opportunity right now because there's so much free advertising for it. Everybody's pushing it. Everyone's trying to say on the news, use telehealth, use your online healthcare provider. Everybody's being pushed to online healthcare right now. Your advertising can certainly support that. I, I think another thing, and this is what I learned while I was working with you, the healthcare system is pretty complicated, right? And this crisis, this pandemic has made it even more complicated because now rather than you know driving people to their primary care, there's a disintermediate approach now. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts around how you can use digital advertising to kind of help demystify the complexity or simplify the complexity, if you will. When we think about that and how we simplify it and demystify it, really it's going back to the basics. It, it is not focusing on the heavy hitters anymore. We're not sitting here and going just by brands, just by service lines and everything else and looking for that final conversion. We're looking to simplify and ease up on that knowledge base. The other big thing for us is looking at the different ideas. You and I have had conversations for years about the idea of conversions and rethinking in healthcare, what is a conversion? Right now, a conversion is not a new patient. We're not going to have that. But it might be looking and readjusting your campaigns to how much content are they consuming? How much are they engaging? How much are they responding? How much are they viewing or downloading and providing those different services where we're not using them now, but we are preparing a funnel. We are building a pool that when this turns back on, there's going to be a floodgate and we have to be ready to open it. We have to be primed to be ready to to resume business as usual after this because there is going to be a pent-up demand. It's going to be a sharp increase, I expect. I like the idea of changing the perspective of what a conversion really means. That's something that when you and I started working together, and I kind of blew my mind a little bit, right? Is that, you know, to me, I was always under the the impression that Google advertising, paid search, 
that's all about just driving leads. And you you actually kind of re-educated and said, no, it's actually, there's different types of conversions. Where I am with True North, that's it's one of the things we talk about all the time is that the lead isn't just the lead. There are, right now for paid search, like we talked about, SEO is an impossible tactic in coronavirus right now. It's so hard and there's so much information. But that doesn't mean we can't actually start pulling people and spending while the costs are down right now. I mean, Google's giving away money to vendors to advertise. They've announced, I want to say off the top of my head, it's something like $250 million that they're going to give to companies that have been advertising with them over the past year to keep going. It's a down market. So we can take that different approach of looking at different goals and looking at different tactics and creating conversions where the conversion might be strictly just searching, hey, do you offer this service or what type of doctors do you offer? And we're looking at that higher level, higher top of the funnel conversion now. It's an important way to kind of shift your mindset around this because we've been so ingrained, like, you know, this is what the engine of of digital advertising does is it just drives, you know, people to convert. And now we're kind of expanding it and, and actually making it more sophisticated because there's so many different use cases. Absolutely. Now, there's one other thing I want to talk to you about because, you know, I heard it say that if you go into the market and then you suddenly come out of the market with your advertising Getting back in is like a big hurdle. I kind of brushed on the idea earlier of at some point soon, this is, we're going to get back to normal. And it's going to be a floodgate of everybody looking to refill their funnel. You, you look around you and we all know who our competitors are. You know, with our former provider, we knew who our competitors were. Every one of us are going to turn on and be rebidding immediately when we can. So you're going to see a sharp increase in costs and everything else. Google has this lovely thought. Facebook does the same thing too. They like those vendors who have stayed true to them. Whether they'll ever admit it or not, it's been seen time and time again that when you have a campaign that consistently holds on, it builds credibility and it helps you out. So even in these dark times, if we're taking those campaigns and just kind of shifting what we're doing with them and keep running, Google loves us, plain and simple. It gives us that ability to kind of stay ahead of that front curve. If you kind of go in and out of the market, back and forth, it also can really have a negative impact on on all the other, like the organic side of what you do as well, because suddenly your 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 sites are not being seen, your content's not being seen. Obviously, with all the elective procedures being put on hold, I totally understand that that you can't drive them to make appointments. Yeah, you you can't, but that's where you maybe look at driving if you've got the opportunity to an HRA or getting content based around how they can take care of themselves until they get there. You're still fiddling the funnel, we're still advertising, and we're still building credibility. We're still holding true to form. I I think everyone's so scared of the idea of if we're paying for advertising right now, are we doing a disservice to the community? Are we looking bad? And we have to kind of get over that idea of looking bad and understanding, no, you're still providing valuable, valuable resources to the people around you. We're not pushing them anymore to close. You can't, but we're advertising so they can get the information they want and they need. Many of us around the country are, are, are left to wonder, like, kind of what do we do at this point in time? This kind of illustrates a, a much more robust tapestry on which we can do our advertising. And subsequently, it's not just advertising. It's also your organic, your content development. Just on a personal story, like my wife is home. It's been a, a cleaning the house type of moment every now and then. Well, it's also a we're preparing. 
we know we're going to get back to normal. So we said, okay, well, you know, let's look at getting someone out to price out getting some trees taken down. Let's get people out to look at getting a new garage door. People have more time than ever to be looking and to plan and prepare. At some point, we're going to be through this crisis. Do you think that the role of digital advertising for hospitals and health systems is going to shift? We've been using it for so long, we kind of pigeonholed it to, to serve a couple of very unique use cases. What you're describing is much more broader approach. Do you think that we're going to continue to do broader approaches in the future? I do. I will be really, really surprised. I think one of the biggest ones is, you and I personally fought this battle before, is the idea of telehealth and digital healthcare. We know everybody's coming into this market. Everybody was planning to come into this market one way or another. Amazon's coming into the market. Walmart is coming out with their own platform. Everybody's coming into this market. It had been a slow grow. I've seen it in True North, some of our other clients. It had been a slow grow for a long time. There was a lot of questions on how does it work? I don't want to try it. I have that trust in my doctors. Well, everybody's been force-fed now, (laughs) frankly, to use this. And I think you're going to find, just like anything else, once people get a taste for it and find the ease and find how simple it is, that's going to become the new norm. And it's going to be something that most people hadn't been prepared for before. It's sometimes hard when we're kind of caught in the day-to-day responding to the crisis to to think about you know what it's going to be like in the future. But it's important to kind of have that perspective in mind and to not dramatically read tool everything that you're doing and just kind of shift for the current norm so that when the new normal after this is all said and done is there that you're ready and and you're prepared yeah it's it's providing that education it's just it's a new way to build all the funnels for all the service lines and everything else you've always done well michael this has been a really great conversation and i know people listening in are going to want to know a little bit more about you and i could personally attest and say to people you should reach out to michael and find out more about him what are some good ways for them to find you and also true north online for me one of the easiest one is obviously you can reach me on linkedin i'm very public and open and out there and you can also find me through true north and true north custom.com it's been a great experience for me to get on board with them and learn some different approaches. And so I've been excited. Well, we'll link to both your own personal uh, LinkedIn account, but also the True North. And I know that you've you've uh, had it your hand in a couple of the blog posts that are out there as well. So you can get to know a little bit more about your thoughts and perspectives on things. I have, and I'll have a couple more coming out, I expect soon. So Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time today. Really great to catch up with you. I know that you live here in town with me and we get together on a regular basis, but the new normal is now we just have to catch up uh, online. And this is a great way for us to do, right? Exactly. It's the the new happy hour norm is Zoom and Google Hangouts, I think. So (laughs) there you go. Well, thanks again, Michael. Thank you, Chris. Special thanks to Michael for his great, interesting thoughts. Michael's a really smart guy. And for those of you listening in that want to get to know more about him, definitely follow him on LinkedIn. And he also has a really good Facebook profile where he talks a lot about sports and local sports. So some of our listeners who like that, you may want to also find him on Facebook. 
Anyway, we have an audience here listening in, Reed. I want to introduce them and maybe we can do like a really quick, this is maybe a special segment for this show where all of us can chat a little bit about digital advertising where we see things happen. Really quickly, I'll introduce everybody who's kind of listening in and then we'll just kind of open it up to kind of a round robin conversation about where you guys feel the digital advertising will be. First is our 2018 Best Fan of the Year, Mitch. Holdwick, Mitch, welcome to the show. Thank you. And then 2019's fan, Jim Samuel. And Jim, you're on the show here too. Welcome. <clears throat> I am. Thanks. I've been frequent uh, people that we've interviewed on the show. First is the incomparable Ed Bennett. Ed. Hello. How are you doing? And then Dave Dalton from uh, Doc ASAP. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right, guys, you heard Reed and I talking a little bit about digital advertising and kind of the way it's evolving. What are your thoughts based on what you heard from this conversation? Reed was talking about, you know, awareness, banner ads and things like that. I wasn't sure if awareness was still a thing. I guess healthcare systems still have to get their brand out there and some sort of awareness, but I, I just see that slowing down and stopping. Post-COVID-19, what I, what I see, we're already starting to see is consumers are they're going to be doing a lot of shopping they're going to be looking for results when they seek care. They're going to dig a little bit deeper and the awareness stuff, you know, the typical awareness stuff of, hey, we're deep in the community. We, you know, we're a big part of the community. I just, I just think that's going to slow down towards much more, Mitch, as you were saying, a softer call to action that are clinical. If you think about it, the world is being educated about a novel virus. All right. People didn't even know what novel virus was. It's just, so that's just some preliminary thoughts. Mitch, why don't you expand a little bit on, on what you were, you were saying about software <clears throat> actions? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the biggest challenges we faced at the beginning of this when, when things were, were kind of coming to a head. And, and that was really something that I advocated for to try to think creatively, how can we stay in market with campaigns, even ones that are, are being fed by elective procedures, whether it's bariatrics, ortho, and think through how can we position them in such a way that we throttle back on those hard call to actions. So not necessarily request an appointment, but more of the guides, more of the assessments, more of the seminars, if you're doing them virtually, trying to really uh, focus on content that is meaningful to consumers, which is really something we all believe in. And, and mm -hmm. the other reality, you know, just from a business perspective is that when we get on the other side of this, and I'm already hearing this in, in meetings, even this week, finance is already kind of asking the question, who's thinking about life after COVID, how are we going to ramp up revenue and volume at a time that it's going to be needed? We as marketers really have an opportunity to lead that charge to say, here's what we're doing now. Here's how we're, we're gathering this data and gathering this content and nurturing folks current state so that future state, we can convert some of them into patients. We know there's going to be a need for it financially. We also know that consumers are going to be ready as they're kind of holding off on a lot of things right now. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for us as marketers to really lead in that direction. Ed, what are your thoughts on that? I think there's a lot of optimistic talk about this. I think it's um, too optimistic. In the last three weeks, we've had 16 million people apply for unemployment. We're going to go into a deep recession. Those 16 million people don't have any health care now, uh, insurance. To me, the whole idea of a hospital worrying about marketing and paid search is it's the last thing they need to be worrying about. Right now, the base of potential patients that could think about elective surgery has shrunk dramatically. In general, most people, many people, I think, are going to feel psychologically very hesitant to go to the hospital 
unless they've broken a leg and they just absolutely have to. We're in for an upheaval in healthcare that like we've never seen before. Already hospitals are cutting back on the number of uh, staff because their income is, has dried up. We're gonna see layoffs of hospital staff at the exact time in COVID that we need more people. They're already cutting pay. I think there's gonna be just a, a tidal wave of change that's going to happen in, in, in hospitals and healthcare in general. Our little world of healthcare marketing and digital is just a little you know, tiny piece of that. There's mm. much bigger issues to be dealing with. On that oh, right now. <laughs> yeah, Jim, uh, that's that's a hard act to follow, but what are your thoughts, Jim? Well, and actually, I think listening to everyone else, I kind of fall more in line with what Ed has been saying. And I just think that this situation is kind of showing how fragile the economic stability of our healthcare system is mm-hmm. because so many facilities depend on elective surgery, elective procedures to even survive. They're going to be put in a real um, dilemma as we come out of this is, the hospitals that are surviving are going to really have to push elective surgeries to try to make up for some of the difference. But at the same time, I agree with Ed that a lot of people are going to be either unable or unwilling to go to the hospital for those elective procedures. So it's kind of a dilemma that I think is going to face the whole industry. And I'm not sure how we really get out of it. Jim and Ed, you both are right. I don't know about the recession, Ed. I just don't know. I can't. If I could predict that, I'd be sitting on a boat somewhere in the middle of Chesapeake enjoying a cocktail. I think you both are right, though, that consumers in general will be very reluctant to seek out care, but they they become patients when they need it. And they're still going to need care. They're first going to now opt to the first most easiest way to get that care, which is like what we're doing right now over the phone or, or with a video visit. And so that's here to stay. That's a tidal wave. But they're still going to have to need care. And so they're going, to, they're going to start shopping. Best price, transparency, ratings, and also who's got the most streamlined way for them to get there. That's the biggest thing that I, I personally think is going to come out of it. And a reallocation of dollars. All you guys said the same thing. We, I got a call this week from uh, a very big healthcare system that said they are hemorrhaging money. 75% volume down, losing $65 million a month. But they convinced the CEO to get up and running 300 providers on telehealth in one week. Now they have to figure out how to get people there. And, and that's, that's what's going to happen. It, it's, it's, it's here, but it's how do you let folks know? And that's not going to be awareness. That's going to be that soft, soft call to action that you were talking about. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the final consumerism of care. It's been being talked about for 10 years. Maybe finally it's, it's coming. The sort of personalized consumerism of care finally coming into people's homes. Maybe that's yeah. the biggest thing that can come I think, I think you're absolutely right. I'm hearing uh, hospital people saying, yeah, we've been talking about doing telehealth for the last five years, mm-hmm. and we had a plan, and we had, we had folk groups, and we had committees, and we are gonna roll it out another three or four years, and boom, one week later, they've got telehealth going. Guess what? Placed it, catch on fire, and burn to the ground. There are people waiting for eight hours, I saw, uh, for one hospital that launched telehealth. They're waiting in line for eight hours for their appointment to come. But the man was always there, and suddenly a whole bunch of things happened overnight that uh, you know we thought would take years. So that is one bright spot in this. The other bright spot might be that one day you'll actually be able to use regular email with your doctor. Just think about that. I mean, it's not quite as insane as a, as I thought as I thought it would be, you know, a few months ago. 
I can add one more thing about telehealth too. And I think a lot of this is also pushing uh, consumer acceptance. And I can tell you that like my wife is a genetic counselor and she started doing telehealth visits back in about September or October. She still had to go into the office three days a week for in-person visits. She is now 100% telehealth and the consumer acceptance of it is a lot higher than it was back in September. Um. Consumers are eager to do it right now. They are getting online with her prepared. They know how to use Zoom for the telehealth. And it's just going much more smoothly now than it did back in September. So I think this has kind of forced a consumer acceptance of it. It was not there before. As we think about this, digital advertising is now part of the digital ecosystem. I mean, there is going to be advertising. There has to be. You can't yep. do, you can't use social media. You can't even be on, you know, organic search is not going to be all. It's going to be there. It, I agree with all the points here. And I think that the new normal is going to be completely different for hospitals and health systems. I just wonder what the role and what the budget allocation is and really what we're going to be talking about and where we're going to be spending, investing our monies in a wise way. We have to be very judicious. Well, special thanks to all of our guests who joined in, watched, participated live, Ed, Jim, Dave, Mitch, uh, and even Justin that was here in the very beginning. Uh, we appreciate all of y'all joining in. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do this again soon. This is an interesting time that we're in. Uh, we certainly appreciate everybody uh, hanging out with us, uh, supporting us, uh, subscribing, telling friends about the show, about the network, and everybody else. We look forward to uh, producing more great content and having more great folks on the show. So Chris Boyer, I'm Reed Smith, and we'll see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.